Hello and welcome to another episode of Conversations Beyond the Pew and I am your talker, jabber, Reverend Kara Hildebrandt and today I'm pretty excited because I have a guest who is passionate about horses uh, and so something a, a little bit different on the podcast this morning. So welcome Wanda. Thank you. I'm so glad you could, you could uh, do this with me. There's, when we have talked in the past, when I hear you talk about horses, there is something life-giving. And so I'm kind of curious, what are the things that drew you? Why do you uh, choose to work with horses? That's an excellent question. Um, I've asked myself that question too. And I've asked it in so many different ways over so many different times during the years that I, as I sit here and hear you ask me that question again, I immediately think of something my mother said. And she said, I um, had the love of horses in the womb. Oh, and wow. she said, I came out loving horses. And even though I owned my first horse at age 28, mm-hmm. my family couldn't afford a horse when I was younger. Uh, it seemed that I was always attracted to horses, loved horses and wanted to have horses in my life. Nice. So I think it kind of started young, mm-hmm. and um, it's escalated, I guess that's it. And I, uh, I continue to explore where God takes me with this. Yeah, so what was it like, you finally get a horse at 28, and you've had this passion, you've loved horses, what was it like to finally have that closer connection at 28? Well, that's interesting because I didn't have a closer connection. That, okay. That's, that's something you learn. Ah. Uh, we all approach, I think, horses kind of like they're puppy dogs and they're not. <laughs> <laughs> they're very different um, animal species. Okay. And um, I began to sense early on, for me, they had more of a uh, spiritual aspect mm. than any other animal. Okay. And I think... Over the years, that's distilled down to me to the fact that I think that was something that God had intended from, from my vision of life when he knit me in the womb, as they say, yeah. that horses were going to be intricately involved. And it, it's fascinating. I was asked, I was challenged once whether or not I was really passionate about horses. And I laugh now because the person who challenged me thought they were passionate about horses. Okay. And it turns out just the opposite. Ah. You know, my passion has grown and gotten more intense as the years have gone by, mm-hmm. um, whereas the other person's is about the same okay. that it was at the time that we met, but uh, mine has just gone deeper and deeper and deeper, because mine has taken a total spiritual aspect that uh, it didn't at first. Okay. So uh, talk a little bit about that spiritual aspect, that um, how did working with a horse or horses draw you deeper into the spiritual, draw you deeper in connection to God? Uh, I think it had to do with um, learning that a lot of the issues that people have with horses are really, really issues that they're dealing with in their lives. Ah. And it gets manifested and shown to them through their work through their horses. Okay. So, um, 
a lot of times you'll meet people, and this came from my when I started teaching writing lessons, mm-hmm. and I would people would come to me, and they'd have all these issues with their horses, and in reality, the issue was was what was going on in their life. It really wasn't the horse, uh, but it would. It's like a a wound, and it gets infected, and that mm-hmm. stuff starts to bubble up. Yeah, and you can see it. Well, their wounds that that those the pus and the infection would come up and bubble up as we started to work with horses because I could get better results with them with their horses and their lessons well, when I sit, would take a step back and deal with the issues going on in their life so they could release that so they could actually put their focus on their horse. Because uh, horses know when you're not focused on them. Okay. And they don't trust you okay. when you don't focus. Because life is all about survival for them mm-hmm. and they have to feel safe. And they can't feel safe with someone who's not strong in their focus. Oh, interesting. They they can sense that. Oh, they know in a heartbeat. Huh. So do you find that we live in such a world that is so busy and so chaotic and everything is coming at us. And so it's really hard to focus on any one thing. Do you, do you sense that that um, has gotten more severe over time with people they're like oh i've always wanted a horse i'm gonna get a horse and that it that many people are are challenged in that let me give you a picture maybe they'll help you okay you go out and so it's supposed to be a riding your horse and you're sitting there and you're grooming a horse and here comes this person with the same yep. goal just loves horses want to be out with the horse they're up on the horse and they're they're riding off and they're texting on their phone oh so, are they enjoying the horse, or are they right. enjoying what they're taking on their phone? And so, how then is the horse different than riding a motorcycle? I mean, yeah. and you shouldn't be texting and riding well, a motorcycle. One. Right, <laughs> right. A horse is even more dangerous. Right. Because it, a horse has its own personality. Well, a horse says, okay, I know this person is distracting and sitting on top of me. Yeah. He's aware of all the, the dangers out there, so he's constantly scanning the horizon. Yeah. The rider's here clicking here. The horse sees something that scares him. <laughs> this way he goes. Uh, the rider's dumped in his the head. And, well, why was that horse that way? Because he was protecting himself and you weren't paying attention at all. Oh, wow. So when you're training, when you're working with a horse, um, especially in the beginning, um, you know, there's the you break the horse mentality and then there's like the horse whisperer mentality. And so when you're training a horse, what is, what is the way of the proper way that you see? Well, you're going to find that everybody has different techniques depending mm-hmm. on what um, aspect of life they come from. Okay. And what I've learned over these years is human beings, beings can get pretty stuck in their way. Mm. Um, and I have a greater appreciation for people who take a step back and say, well, let's look at what's most effective. Yeah. Um, the, the whole genre of breaking a horse mm-hmm. just kind of really, um, to me that's like breaking, would you say that about training or teaching a human being, breaking them? Right, you're breaking their spirit. Yeah, it's more than that. You can into, be breaking their muscles or back, you know. Uh, into submission. Yeah, yeah, all kinds of things. Uh, and uh, it, it's a method of, to me breaking is, I need to get this horse working and working fast, so I'm going to just... You know, beat him into submission, and mm-hmm. I'll have him riding in a week. 
Yeah. He's not really a safe horse at that point. They may think so, but that's because they've got strong muscle and bond and they can work them around. Yeah. Or you can take a slower approach, which is the approach we hope we're taking with our education and everything. Yeah. And you first of all develop trust. Uh, I've learned over the years watching all the different methods. Now I've been in horses for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And if you will take one year of your life and invest building a relationship with that horse, training goes so much faster. Oh, interesting. Because you've taught the horse how to pay attention and yeah. to get you know, get their focus, and that they learn that, well, focusing on me is important because I can be safe here. They're helping me guide me mm-hmm. through the perils of life because one of the things we've done in seen the business of horses is we've taken them out of their natural environment, yeah. and now they live in a world that the natural horse does not get involved with, and I, I have a problem with that natural horse whispers, the natural horse be too, because none of that's natural, because we've okay. come in an unnatural environment. Mm-hmm. So it's our responsibility, just like when we have our child, it's mm-hmm. our responsibility to teach them how to get along in that world. I, uh, so um, part of what Wanda's referring to is we were having a conversation yesterday about what, uh, in the city of Lincoln Park in Michigan, they're doing uh, resilient child training for all of their teachers and staff. And their first and foremost thing is to take, before they start teaching the curriculum, is to start building that relationship of trust. And that it does go much easier when they do that first. Um, so that's a whole thing to, to look at uh, for those listening, if you want to look back. And uh, I've got more information on that. Um, so when you're... <laughs> When you're working with a horse and you're building that trust, what are some things that you do? Is it you're just present with them? Is it the way? How how do you engage in building that? Uh, yeah, something I do that probably drives a lot of horse people crazy, but I get okay. the best results from this is okay. I go out to the pasture with him and I just hang out with him. Ah, in his space or her space? Yeah, in that case, it's a heat. Okay. <laughs> Before my other horse that I had to retire because of injuries is uh, she, okay. but uh, uh, and males and females are a little bit different in the way they process things. Mm-hmm. But, but um, the interesting thing to do is, um, is I'll go out and because I'm not a horse, mm-hmm. I need to understand how the horses hang out. Yeah, what are they doing? Yeah, are, are they playing cards? Are they <laughs> right? And one of the ways to hang out with them to build some respect from them for you okay. and your awareness and your ability to be a leader because the leader is the important one. Mm-hmm. So they're going to know what you're doing is I'll, um, I'll mirror mirror what he's doing. And I've had a really interesting experience that because I've taken it to the next level. Okay. And even to the point that uh, he'll put his foot down and instead of just immediately putting the front foot flat on the ground, he'll actually put down the toe. And he rolls it down to the heel. Okay. As he does that, the, the hind leg will come up and be ready for movement. Ah. So you have to remember these horses are always built for movement. They're always built for movement. It has the integral with a part of their digestion. Okay. So when you understand these needs of the horses, okay. um, you can be better suited in the way you handle them. But what's really interesting is they have fun. He, he played with me. He knew what I was doing. He knew exactly what I was doing. 
and wow. he would he put his foot over this way. Like, well, <laughs> we do this. Yeah. And then he put his foot over that way. And then he literally stepped into my space. And you know, he said he he, he was testing me out. Yeah. But in the process of testing me out, then he was learning how to communicate with me. Okay. And what's really cool is when they learn that through body language, we can develop a common language. So that's why there's no such thing as a horse whisper. Oh, you know, gotcha. Nobody, nobody has this, you know, second sense, sixth sense thing in the mind. Okay. You know, it has nothing to do with that. It's developing a common language. And horses um, speak more through body language than they do vocal. Okay. And here's something I just learned this the other day. I thought it was quite fascinating. Yeah. You know, you, you, everybody thinks, oh, horses, when do you, you they talk to? No, they don't. You know what happened? In Hollywood, when they were making all these westerns, ah. they had this perception <laughs> that horses did that. Yeah. So they technically will inject horses whinnying when horses don't do that at all. <laughs> so the That's... information we get, especially yeah. the visual information we get, especially from Hollywood, has misled us in all these things. Mm. So a horse whisperer is just somebody who's willing to take the time to put themselves in that horse's footprints. Okay. And learn how horses communicate with each other. Mm. It is fascinating. Yeah. So when training a horse and building that relationship um, and just the way that you go about doing that, you said it, it actually moves faster then. Um, and so speak a little bit about that uh, for those who don't know anything about horse training. Well, it's because they trust you. Okay. They've learned that you're not going to do anything to hurt them. Mm-hmm. So, in a case where they might be a little bit more leery about, let's say, walking across a wooden bridge. Okay. Okay. We, because we can reason and we have experiences that horses can't have. Yeah. Uh, because just the, the whole makeup of their, of their brain, their brains don't have the frontal lobes that we have. Okay. So, they don't reason like we do. Mm-hmm. They, they go based on experience. Their learning ah. is linear. So, when they hear that hollow sound of their hoof on the wooden bridge, they don't know if that's going to hold. They don't know. Ah, that the, the support system's there. They yeah. trust that you, you know, but until that you, they trust you. So if you were to get on my horse, he, he doesn't know you. Right. He'd be like, who so are he, you? Yeah, like, I don't know if I want to walk across that bridge or not. Let me see yeah. if she's alert. But after a while, if they're, they're conditioned enough, then they learn their experiences. Oh, yes, that's going to hold. Yeah. But it takes being ridden by someone or trained by someone who has that trust factor. Yeah. And then the stronger that bond gets, like my horse Brittany, Trios is my new horse, and so we're still we're still establishing all that. Brittany, I could take Brittany just about anywhere mm-hmm. and do anything with her, and she would she'd give it a good old try because she knew I wouldn't put her in a situation that was harmful to her. Yeah, it, it makes me think of um, my great grandfather's horse, which my grandfather would put me on, and that this horse, uh, his name was Blackjack, and he was so good with children, and he was a massive horse, that they never thought anything about letting him near us, no matter our age. Um, if you're too small to sit on the saddle, an adult would sit with you. But otherwise, because I guess that trust had been yeah, built, and that there had always been children around, mm-hmm. um, and just how, how different that, for some people were amazed that yeah. the horse was so good with children. Well, and also I have to tell you that there's a real uh, spiritual aspect with horses. Okay. Um, I had one of the most amazing things happen with Brittany. Uh, we had a, a, a group of children. Uh, the teachers had brought them over, and we'd had them in our, our um, barn for a little 
uh, exposure horses and so forth. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, one of the teachers, I, I asked, she liked to ride around because she liked horses, but she'd never been on horses. So I put on her, her, Brittany on her, and we were walking along, and all of a sudden the teacher just starts bawling. She's just mm. crying and crying. And um, I said, she explained to me, you know, what was going on in her life and it, what was happening. And I could just tell that she just needed some chance to be left alone and helped her get off the horse, mm -hmm. and that was my wife, Brittany, and I asked her if she'd like to lead her around, and Brittany just loved her around the whole time. She just, oh, just kept her shoulder next to her, Yeah. and she said she could, I could see that she could tell. Yeah. yeah, that, I, yeah horses aren't going to say, well, I, you know, I need to comfort this person. They just know that, just, I think, like when a mare needs to comfort a, a, their foal, mm -hmm. she just knew this individual was stressed, Yeah. and she was just there for her, and yeah. I said, I think that's a really... That's one of the neat things about horses that I've seen. So when you have a horse that is aggressive or biting, like I, I was in a stable once, and I didn't notice the the signage next to it of don't touch this horse because this horse may bite you. And I just went up and just uh, touched the nose very calmly, very peacefully, and the horse didn't, uh, horse didn't have an issue with me. Um, and only after that did I realize that. So what often is the cause of that? Um, what do you see as, you know, when you see a horse being aggressive or something, what, what's that about? They've been mistreated mm. nine times out of ten. You know, in society we're aware of human beings that, you know, from the minute they're born, they're, they were born with wires loose. Mm -hmm. You're going to have horses like that, but for the most part, they've, uh, they've been abused, just been tremendously abused. And so that's their defense mechanism. Uh, it's so sad. To think it is that. very sad, but that's life. Right. <laughs> um, but also that it's not like the horse is lost. Like kindness really towards a horse if somebody were willing to take that time. Yeah, it takes a very special person. If one's been abused enough, yeah. and I had one attack me, and the only thing that saved me from him ripping my jugger out is I had a thick collar on. Okay. And we had no idea that this horse was had been abused that much. Mm. When they're that bad off, now this woman, she could handle him. She was the only one could handle him. Yeah. But even she was shocked that, and and we knew, we were told to be aware of it, but he waited just for the right moment. I opened the door to put the hay in, and he just struck out. Oh, wow. And those, you, you have to make a decision because you have to have the safety of the people, your workers, and, yeah. you know, and I have young kids come there all the time, so... You know, she had to take him somewhere where she could keep him. So if there's a special situation, that's wonderful. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. that's a pretty special situation. Uh, so uh, we've talked a little bit about this, and we've hit upon it, but what are the lessons that horses can teach us? They've taught me so much, I could fill a book. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, what are some of the lessons that you've really... I think they've helped me the most with my walk with Jesus. Okay. Because I've always, over the years, because I didn't have a very good self-esteem, but I faked it really well. Mm. Um, I always thought I had to be perfect. Okay. And so what I've learned about perfect people is they're arrogant because... Uh, and I knew that I was an arrogant in a certain way because you had to perform, you had to perform well. Uh -huh. 
Um, and so it, it attacked you so personally mm -hmm. um, that it was hard to humble yourself. And um, working with horses has just gotten me through that because they can humble you in a heartbeat. Because <laughs> they're so they're so much stronger than us. They're yeah. Yes, and they just don't they don't look at things we did. It's black and white for them. You're either safe or you're not safe. Either I can trust you or I can't trust you. You know, um, I, you, I don't care what your psychoanalysis is. You know, yeah. can I trust you to bring my food today? Can I trust you to keep myself in situation? You know, it, it's a, it's important. It's it's a very important survival mode for them. So to to um, not be able to trust you is um, very important to them. So. Um, it's helped me just take a step back and recognize I have, have no control over anything. Yeah. Um, I don't have to prove anything. Mm. I don't have to meet these standards of other people. The, the goals my horse expects me to meet are pretty simple and pretty easy. Yeah. Um, and they don't attack, attack my self-esteem. You mm. know, it, it mm -hmm. puts everything back into the proper perspective. And the slower you go with them, faster you go. Mm. The, the simpler you keep it, the faster you go. I think there's something important there for all of us of thinking about keeping it simple in our lives. That sometimes we try to make it too complex. And sometimes we try to hold on thing onto things and to control things that really they're stopping our life from flourishing. Yeah. Well and it's patience. Oh, have I learned immensely <laughs> how important it is to be patient? Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, you know, when you're teaching a horse, there's a concept of uh, you ask. Mm -hmm. So you essentially put a little pressure on them. So you ask them to do something, you put a little pressure on them, and the minute, the minute you see them respond to that pressure, you stop. Because that is immediate feedback. And he says, yes, that was the correct thing to do. But we get in such a hurry, and, yeah. we, and we're looking at the end thing, not the step to get to the end thing. Ah. Uh, just to teach the little ones how to, um, just the process of stopping the horse. It's not, you know, you, you don't think stopping the horse stops. Yeah. There's a whole chain reaction. You do this, mm -hmm. you know, you get your body prepared, you get thinking in your own mind, you think about stopping. Yeah. Okay? Then you say, okay. It's going to take me a while. I want that horse to stop over there, but I can't wait till that point. I've got to start giving them the aids. It's, it's not just, a car. Right. Well, even with a car, think about it. Oh, that's when true. When you first react and you put mm -hmm. your foot on the brake, the car doesn't immediately put you on your nose. It slides a little bit. And then, true. So it, there is a, there's a preparation place, and you work up to it. Yeah. You really have to think through life, yeah. right? You have to think you, through you your actions. Because so often we are going through kind of mindless. Yeah, and it, my life is not mindless. Right. That's when we usually get in trouble. And we feel discontent. Mm -hmm. oh. We always have, the horse always knows there's going to be a consequence for that action. I like to get one of the little girls I was working with, I explained to her, I said, these guys are really big. And I said, you have to think about the fact that they have, if you do, they have, they get startled and you're in the way, you're going to get knocked over one day it happened to her. And she's like, oh, there's one of those chain reactions. <laughs> there you go. And But she understood because I told her, yes, those things can happen. So instead of being upset and taking it personally, like, well, that was done personally against me, no. 
That's how horses react to something fearful. They get startled. They're big. If you're in the way, right? They didn't do it intentionally. You're just you were in the way, right? You know. So so many times we take everything that people do, we so personalize it. Mm. And it had nothing to do with that. Yeah. And it, it's kind of freeing to even once we start to internalize that, that it's not all about me. Like whatever, you know, a person has said, that doesn't mean it's about me. Exactly. You know, their reaction. Um, or even someone else's like anger. Like that's usually them. That's their fear. That's whatever. It's not me. Um, oh, that's a great life lesson. Um, in how, so you've had a, more than one horse through your life. You've had multiple horses. And how do you know when a horse is the right fit for working with you? I think it depends on what the person likes to do. That's where you, okay. it's, it's, it's uh, it has to be a bit of uh, your um, ideas in life. It's kind of interesting. I, I believe God gave me the different horses I've given because he's used my horses to bring me along and help me with my issues and help me to understand him better. And so this last horse, Trios, um, I, I think... God just wanted me to, you know, 70 years, go out and send one next month. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind that I just live life freely the way God designed it. I've been so hampered by all my issues, and he's helped me work through those things. He's given me a horse that has what I call a joy to be of life. He just loves life. Nice. And he has, he has nothing to prove. Mm-hmm. He just like, let's go have fun. And he really has a great sense of humor. And um, he, he he shows the appropriate amount of fear approaching things, but he's got the spirit of, and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Or she says, well, give it a shot. Okay. And then <laughs> give me a little more, you know. So he's willing to give it a little shot sooner than she is. Yeah. And I've reached that point in life where I'm willing to just, you know, reach out more um, and more balanced, more mm-hmm. uh, capable of, reaching out and just not being totally devastated by what, you know, the people had to say or do. Yeah. And I recover much more quickly. And Trios just, just has fun with life. And I just enjoy being with him a lot. Nice. So it's really being in tune of where you are in life and the horse that kind of has that personality. Well, um, and I, can t- I can truly say that when I decided to buy Trios, I prayed about it every day. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, God, I really want to... Um, get the right horse for me at this time of life. And he's really, really, really very different from Brittany in many ways. Yeah. But in many ways, Trios has all the same fears that she has. He just experiences them in a different way. Okay. And I have much better skills in helping him deal with those issues. Mm. Um, but he's just built differently. The types of things. Brittany was a phenomenal athlete. Okay. Uh, and I bought her to do the dressage, to do um, mm-hmm. some really complicated stuff and everything. Yeah. And Trios is just a little short quarter horse. It's explosive this way, that way. <laughs> you know? And so, and so it's like everything about Brittany was was in a way very big and very graceful, and Trios was like short, explosive, fun. Yeah. In a different way. And he's more like when I think back to. The kid that got tamped down early in life and who's mm-hmm. been clawing her way out for so long, I feel more like he's like I was when I was that that, that age when I was okay. really young. So it's kind of like coming back into what maybe if I had 
a good connection in my life and didn't have some of the issues with people tapping down who I was and mm. making me into something that that wasn't what God intended for me to be. I think wow. I'm coming to yourself so for me, you know, become the person God intended for me to be. Nice. But it, it it's just, it's amazing that that deep connection with the horse and how it, how the horse is reflecting back and maneuvering with you just as you are along this path of life, the horses as well. Yeah, well, I just, to me, that's, God chose trios for me. I, I every day I, I thank Him for giving me the opportunity to be His caretaker. Yeah. And I think I think He's probably a cool horse that trio that God loves, but just thinks He's a cool little horse. Yeah. And He thought enough of me to give me trios to help me through this next phase of life. And so I feel like it's a real honor to yeah. take care of Him, um, which just goes back to the whole concept of how God takes care of us mm-hmm. and provides for us. And one of my drives over the last couple of years is learning to be able to hear God, recognize God, mm-hmm. and anytime I'm out with trios, it's like God sitting right there. I, I just look at God as my trainer. I just hear yeah. his voice all the time. I see him everywhere. Mm-hmm. So when I'm really wanting to be very closely connected to God, man, I'm on the, in the truck and out to the farm as soon as I can get, yeah. because I just, I see him in everything. Yeah. Well, and how God puts... I mean, whether it's it's horses or people, when we are trying to be in tune where God is moving us in life, new, things that are unexpected and things that we didn't know we would enjoy so much can happen, um, and things that are really fulfilling when we're willing to, like, listen right, it's, and notice. It's to where I can, I go out there and I tune it out. I, I have no problem tuning out those voices that you carry on your head for years. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they tell you how you're not good enough, yeah. how you need to do something else, how, yeah, you should be focused over here and over here, and yeah. Yeah, it's like, and just looks at you, and that was quick. Let's go have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is so, I think that's, that's a lesson that all of us really probably struggle with, of learning those voices in our head that are, could be so destructive. And just being able to could move be, them are. aside, right? I think they could be, out, but they are. Right, they are. They are destructive. They, yeah. Well, and it doesn't fulfill us. Those voices, all those things telling us everything we're doing wrong. And well, I think those voices are there because they they drown out our people to hear God. Mm. Yeah. And those voices are active in your head. You can't hear God. Yeah, yeah. And that you have found a way to open yourself up. Um, and that, I think that that's an amazing thing and an important lesson as well. Of all of us, there's something out there that can help us drown out those negative, destructive voices and help us to really focus and hear God. It's just a matter of us figuring out what it is. Um, so love that. Um, we've, we've really hit upon this, but how has your life changed because of horses? I imagine my life might not have changed, you know. Okay. When you sit there and you think about it, you think about all the things I have done with horses over the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot of time when I, but I, I think back as I'm talking to you now, and in a way it just seems like it was yesterday. Okay. But yet, I have 30 years of experience that's taught me a, a lot of things yeah. through horses. And so if I didn't have horses, I wouldn't learn any of those things. I wouldn't have had those challenges. Mm-hmm. And there are times when 
I'll never forget. Um, you go through life. I went all through my life trying to protect myself from pain. Mm. I, I never was really taught how to deal with pain. And I'm talking about not only physical pain, but emotional pain, spiritual pain. And I don't think I would have ever dealt with some of those things if I hadn't had horses. And I, uh, my walk with God um, has been all over the place because even when I was walking with God the, the first time I was saved and then second time I said that because the first time didn't take um, I still kept thinking if I'm just perfect mm. if I do everything right if I you know if I read my Bible ten times a day if I pray every day if I yeah. do this that and the other if I keep measuring up uh, God will love me and I'll be saved mm -hmm. um, and then I had and I'm so and life is just going on fine and yeah. You know, things were looking pretty good. So those were my measures, you know, I was mm -hmm. earning good money. My business was taking off. I had good health. Things were going away with my husband, yada, yada, yada. And I'm riding this little horse. He taught me that he knows when I'm not paying attention. He never liked for me to take material riding. I was training for a client oh, well. with other horses because he knew I was busy talking to other people because I'm coaching. Uh -huh. And he, I didn't get all the attention. And something upset him. I knew it, and I, but I, I picked up on it. One nanosecond too late, mm. and he took off with me, turned a quarter very sharp, pile drove me into the ground on my left shoulder. Oh, wow. Just broke everything. Oh, wow. Through there, and as I hit the ground, I will never forget, I said, oh, God, I got it wrong. Mm. Still trying to measure up, still trying to prove, trying to, yeah. I still couldn't understand he loved me specifically who I was yeah and so I spent two precious months in a barco lounger because that's all I could sleep in oh with my Bible and God mm. and that's when all the doors opened up and I realized I didn't need to measure up but I also realized that I really needed to deal with that issue and yeah. that's when I signed up and got into a celebrate recovery program and started dealing with all the issues that came out of my childhood with my parents. Mm. So to, so even though you were loving and working with horses and you were learning along the way, that moment though really just changed a lot of things. Because do you think you would have uh, entered Celebrate Recovery or really started to deal with some of your childhood issues if it hadn't been for that moment? Well, or, it's interesting because just prior to that, I, I went to a church's, um, they said they were, they, I went to this, what was going to be a celebrate recovery meeting, but okay. uh, it was canceled because they were shutting the program down because the pastor was moving and there was okay. a during the program. Uh -huh. And so I said, okay. Then, but at that point, I was also, we were leaving that church. We weren't mm -hmm. um, feeling comfortable in the scenario there. Okay. And, so, and then the accident happened. Mm. And I just feel it's because God wanted us in this other church the celebrate recovery was that I think was the very best one for me to start off in. Okay. I've actually been, because I moved to Lexington, Kentucky from the Kansas City, Missouri area, yeah. um, I've been fortunate to be in two celebrate recovery programs that the, the, the tenants, the, the whole process is all the same. Yeah. Just you have different man management, different yeah, leadership, sure. and, and you learn different things from those different levels of leadership. And in both ones, you know, 
Well, so the last question I have, I ask uh, everyone uh, that I sit down and talk with, um, what piece of wisdom do you live by? Get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I think that says it all. <laughs> it's not all about you. It's all about God. Nice. And once you put it in that perspective, yeah. It's hard to get angry. It's hard to get down. It's hard to get anything. Right. Well, uh, thank you for that piece of wisdom. I think I think that's a. I need to. I'm gonna tuck that one away. <laughs> uh, thank you, Wanda, for thank sitting you. with me. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, and to all those who've been listening, I hope that you found something uh, great and wonderful, something to to kind of hang your hat on, um, to take in. Because there's something special, whether you've ever ridden a horse or not. There's so many life lessons there. Uh, so thank you for being with me today. Thank you.